Hi, I'm Natasha. And I'm Penny. And you're listening to The Wibs, the podcast for women in business. We're here with practical, real advice to help you get ahead at work. Without the BS. We'll be the work wives you've always wanted. Let's go. Hi, I'm Natasha. And I'm Penny. And welcome to The Wibs. Today, we've got a very special episode because we realised that a year on, whilst we have shared quite a lot about ourselves, what we haven't really shared is our story. We always kind of allude to it and we always kind of hint at it, but we never actually have explained who we are, what we do. I think potentially in the first episode we ever did, we might have spoken Yeah, I think we, d- we briefly touched on it, but also... We're so different. We're so different and we've also levelled up our recording studio. So there's that, that, that as well. We no longer point. come to you live from a, a sweat like box. A sweaty... <laughs> A sweaty dungeon yeah. that we did love and we're very grateful for at the time, but now, but now we've levelled up. We've levelled up and so have our careers and rightly, like if we were to go straight into it, Penny, you have had one of the biggest years, I would say, of your career. It has been from the moment we started the WIBS to where we are now is a complete transformation. And I think if you if us little wibs sitting in that sweat box, I don't yeah. know what else to call it, but if we were to see where you're at now, I think you would be so proud because it's been such a journey. But before we get to where you are now, do you want to talk us through how? How did you get here? Talk us through your career. Yeah, so career path. That's a, that's a good question. I think that the way that it started was very unexpected. So I studied a bachelor of journalism and I really I had this like idea in my head to end up as you know in mag world in Sydney I really wanted to be a beauty editor I was just so focused on living this life that I saw on TV and I think that it's not uncommon for a lot of millennial women to have that kind of dream and that aspiration to be like I want to be like Carrie Bradshaw but without the like unhealthy dose of narcissism and I just want to go and write and talk about beauty topics and you know just be a creative little soul up there and um Fast forward to the end of my degree and as it turned out, I didn't actually love the idea of being a journalist and the idea of, you know, doing those really intense things like the death knocks, that kind of stuff. I I really didn't want to do that. So the way that it ended up was I I still had a real passion to want to be in beauty and we ended up doing at the very end of our course in journalism a a course on marketing and PR and they basically said that this is the – sort of you know I'm paraphrasing here but like the antichrist of journalism it's like mm-hmm. if you get into this like this is not at all but you need to know it because you'll, you'll potentially be working with PR you'll be working with different people you know it's it's part of um it's part of your career and I just thought to myself well how do I get into this because this sounds like a lot of fun and I also think it comes from a cultural thing like I really wanted to work on a brand with brands and develop um develop a certain skill set particularly around the beauty space and I thought that that made a lot of sense and it would mean that I didn't have to move away to Sydney and be able to pursue a career in Melbourne. So I ended up in that and I basically moved into a path where I worked in different beauty brands across social media. My first real job was at Adore Beauty. Which is huge. Yeah. Adore Beauty is like, oh my goodness, the growth that they've had in the past decade is mm. just aspir- is one of the most aspirational Australian stories. Yeah, absolutely. And Kate, for a beauty business. Exactly. And Kate was there back then and, and her partner James. And I think that the way that it worked at the time was it was such a small business, really teeny tiny brand. It was like a small operation out of Brunswick and I think that it blew up into something amazing. So I was really excited to be able to work with a company like that and, and get and sort of cut my teeth in marketing in that space. And, you know, you fast forward to I guess like eight, nine, ten years on from there, I worked in a multitude of different beauty and fashion brands um, across the industry, really predominantly focused in the e-commerce and, and digital marketing space. And it was funny because a lot of these places were – 
like it gave me opportunity to really focus on how do you bootstrap, how do you become mm. really efficient as a, a team that was a very small and agile team. And that kind of led me to meeting you and at working at Hamps with Byte and eventually working my way up from being marketing manager to head of marketing. Um, and that was a really great career and it was a real transition, real shift compared to what I'd been doing in the beauty and fashion space for nearly, at that point, nearly 10 years. So I guess what Hamps with Byte taught me and what it showed me was how to really focus in and hone your skills in from a B2B perspective. And mm. for those that don't know, it means business to business and really yeah, get into that marketing space in a completely different headspace. I learned a lot, so much from you, so much from the founders, Nick and Rory, um, it was an incredible place to work, but uh, that's not where the story ends. That's not where the story ends. Before we go into what's next, because I'll keep teasing it for a bit, because it's really, really, really exciting. Um, but before that, what made you? What made you do the shift? You know, was it out of door beauty when you were kind of being around everybody and and seeing the different roles, especially in a startup? Because as you know, startup roles can be an enmeshment of five hundred different roles. But what made you kind of guide into marketing in particular? I think the thing I liked about marketing was the idea that you could be a storyteller, but you could always you could also be in the business of things. Mm. So there's that creative aspect when it comes to marketing. You get to you know touch and play. You get to be part of the photo shoots. You get to be part of that creative, innovative process. But there's something I really liked, and what really resonated with me was that you actually were a change maker within the business. It wasn't just, and not that not that there is anything wrong with being a creative person. I think that it's an incredible role, and it requires a a mass amount of skill and and expertise to be able to do it. Mm. But I liked being able to be in those meetings where it was around numbers and figures, which is actually something that surprised me, even answering it now, because that's not naturally where my brain goes. But I love being a part of being able to kind of move a business forward in that way. Yeah, definitely. I think we don't realise it until we're exposed to it. And being working in a startup gives you that exposure that you wouldn't have otherwise. Yeah, it's have the best training ground. I, I think yeah. for anyone in life, like... Working in big corporate and, and actually now being able to say that I've had that level of experience, the what what startup life teaches you, I don't think anything else, any other business can teach you mm. that. Like it, it, it gives you an appreciation and understanding and an in-depth knowledge and understanding of a business in a different kind of way than in a big corporate one. And like obviously there are great benefits of being in a big corporate environment, mm. but working in a startup means that you have to know every part of the business because mm. guess what? You're, you're going to be wearing 15 different hats and you need to kind of figure it all out as you go. Definitely, definitely. And then if, if you were then at, at the gifting company, um, at the gifting company, how did you, how did that role shift? Because you spoke about how you went from marketing manager to head of marketing. Now I know because we obviously worked really well together, but yeah. um, outside of that, what, what was that shift and had you managed teams before? Yeah, so that that's a great question. I think that with the shift to the gifting company, what happened was it, it had – it was actually a really interesting story because it started off as that really kind of agile startup, um, all-in kind of family environment, family-owned business environment, and then it, it got acquired by a publicly listed business. And being able to be at a business through a public acquisition is something that – I'm so grateful for in terms of experience. It's taught me so much about business. It's taught me so much about working with other people, working with big teams, being able to understand a business from the inside out to be able to get it up to selling point and then eventually move it on. So it was successfully sold. Um, there was a huge shift in terms of culture. And I think what made me realise was that I need to be in an environment where everyone is dialed in and everyone is as dedicated to the team and the values of the people around them as they are to the success of the business and the success of their individual roles. Because what it taught me was much more a value exercise than anything it could have mm. prepared me for. 
I did not realize how much I prioritized working with good people who really give a shit about how you are as a person. Mm. That's what it taught me more than anything else. Like, yeah, yeah, I agree. I, I couldn't agree with you more. And and as managing a team throughout that, how did you reinforce your the people that you worked with? You know, because naturally, what's quite difficult is when you're the manager and you're going through this mm. big experience, and you're like, "Wow, this is a lot. This is a lot." How did how did you kind of juggle how you were feeling and then have to go into work every day and be there for your team? Yeah, I mean. I'm, I'm a very obvious person. I think I wear my heart on my sleeve a lot. And I I was fortunate enough to have a team that I was very close with. Now, obviously, there's a level of professionalism. You have to hold – you have to, you know, put on the exterior. It's kind of like being someone's parent, I imagine. It's like you need to keep it, your shit together. Yeah, like parentage interviews. Yeah, literally for the sake of the team. Like I couldn't go out there and be like necessarily express exactly how I'm feeling every single time. But there were tough times. And mm. I think that – I think if I could talk the way that I managed a team, there's two things I, I think – if I spoke to my team again today and I said, what did you think of me as a leader? I think one thing I would say is that we we always can hold ourselves to a certain standard and, and hold ourselves to being better each time. Mm-hmm. I really tried to reinforce that in the way that we worked. It didn't matter if other people weren't doing the things that they needed to do in the way that they needed to do it. It actually doesn't, doesn't matter. Mm. What does matter is how you hold yourself. Mm. And I think the other thing that I taught them and I think I, I guess instilled as a leader, it's like it's okay to be a kind person you can still get things done and be a good person at the same time mm. but also if you do make mistakes if things do happen it's not about the mistake it's about how you rectify the mistake and how you you turn things around in the end and that's really what it was about I think it was a big learning exercise um being a leader in that way I had done it before but not to not never to the extent that I had done it in that business and I also think the big thing that I learned out of it overall was that whether or not you have the title of manager or head of or whatever, titles are titles and they're kind of a bit bullshit to an extent. But I think that anyone has the opportunity to be a leader mm. and it's about how you hold yourself and how you support your team and other people around you and also how you communicate with external parties. That's what shows true leadership, I think. Yeah, I agree. And I think for context, Tanya did an absolutely incredible job. I think one of the standouts was whilst, you know, everything was – what we felt was change is hard. Change management is hard within any corporate role, regardless of, to your point, whether you're a manager, employee, it doesn't matter mm. what role you play as part of a business. As soon as you're involved in any form of change management, especially when you're not used to it, it is. it can feel like chaos. It can feel like that meme of the dog when everything's firing, yeah, fire around everything's it. on fire. And always, it's like, yeah. this is fine, this is fine. It but wasn't fine. You led your team with, like, just to your point, you know, you were very... I would say say you were definitely strong. I don't think your team knew anything about what was going on, especially because there was times we couldn't tell them. But you always were like quite humorous and really put that like that positive spin on everything. Like it's okay, guys, we're in this together. It's fine, and let's just change the subject. Put on Desiree life, oh life, and write out the problems and write out the problems. But that's what you need sometimes. Sometimes you just need that. um, You know, the leader doesn't always have to be that spearhead of confidence and everything when you don't know because if you don't know you don't know sometimes you just need to be that person that they can rely on that person that they can trust that Mm. person that they can take value from that they can get that leadership from the experience all of those the knowledge like you were able to give them all of that because to be honest uh, to your point of your values I don't think that any of us are in a position to give anybody confidence because we didn't know what was going on no and like it is such an interesting thing when you really care about people and you want to mm. make you want everything to be okay. You don't know what's going to turn out. Like there were days when I thought to myself, "Yeah, I'm in a good position today, but what if all of the merit and all of the hard work that I've done over the past like three years of working here and working my way up gets discounted if something goes wrong? Mm. Because these people are new and they don't know me. 
they don't know my work ethic or they don't know that I'm a good person or that, you know, I would do X, Y, and Z for them at any given time, day or night, drop of a hat type thing. Like what if people don't know that about me and what if things change as a result of that or if, you know, we don't hit budget this month and we have to cut someone in our team. Like those are the things that we're thinking about every day Mm. when you're dealing with the transition of change. Like, look, it's a reality for a lot of people across a lot of different workplaces. I can understand that. Um, But, yeah, it was pretty full on. At what point did you realise it was time for you to move on? When I real, I, I think I realised I needed to move on when, one, I saw myself changing into a different person, into a very, like, angry and aggressive person. And that's not really my style. I'm, I'm much more mellow than that. But I was getting – I was becoming irate and, mm. like, like furious every day at, d- at different things. And, and to, like, some things were, you know, I had merit behind, you know, feeling frustrated. And other things were, like, completely ridiculous and I did not need to get that angry. Um, and – Again, these weren't necessarily thoughts that I was pushing out into my workplace. They were definitely thoughts I was taking home and sharing with my family and sharing with my friends and sharing with my partner. That's when you take it home. I get what you're saying. Yeah. It's when you take it home that you realise it's, it's, it's a problem. Yeah, it's unhealthy. And also, like, to be honest, like, my manager, you, had left. And for me, that kind of signified the end of something that I really enjoyed and a type of leadership that I felt like really molded me in a positive way and gave me a lot of opportunities and also saw me because that's a big thing with management is that you when you feel seen and understood it's you're much less likely to want to leave and move on because yeah okay you would you know you would give me feedback and you know there'd be times that maybe we'd you know butt heads on things absolutely but the way that you cared for me as a manager and as a leader made me not want to ever leave I remember saying this um to my dad when I first got the job at, at this gift company, I'm like, I'm, I'm never going to have to write a resume again. Yeah. I love yeah. it here. I'm never going to leave. And things change. And, like, you know, that's life. It happens. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah, after it's all also why things, this was born. Fun exactly. fact. It's the yeah. reason that the Wibs was born. The Wibs was born because um, we realised that there was changes that we couldn't control anymore. And um, Penny and I both wanted to kind of take a bit of control back. Yeah. And this is why we, we, we'd never been exposed to a lack of control because we'd worked in startups for so long that we mm. never had really been exposed to it. So... As soon as we got exposed to that world, and you know, you know, it's there's you know different causes for different horses. Like off you go if that's if that's your vibe. There's no problem with it, but for us, it just wasn't our vibe. So we decided that we needed something that we could talk about, and it opened up the conversation to a lot of women, um, in particular because it's a women in business podcast. Yeah, where we realised that we weren't alone. Yeah, and I think that like that was so cool. Like I, you know, the aggressive like angry stuff aside I also thought to myself okay there's time for something new there's time for me to do something different and I'd been at at that point I've been working in marketing and digital and e-commerce for a a decade which is huge and like that's great but even I sort of thought to myself okay do I want to be in a sales cycle forever do I want to be this person that uses her brain in this one type of way to sell a product for the next you know 10 years Mm. and you know I'm no spring chicken these days (laughs) so I've got to think about these things but I do think that I was like it gave me the really exciting opportunity to do something different and then a great opportunity came along and And so drum roll please so so, Teddy tell us about where you're at now so now I am working at a company called Founder tell us about Founder so Founder is basically a platform and a a place for entrepreneurs, for business owners, for people to come and, and cut their teeth and understand and get a level of education and upskilling in a way that I don't think is offered anywhere else in the world. Mm-hmm. They handpick experts in the industry and in their field to be able to, to train you and to give you access to these really, just these really phenomenal business leaders, entrepreneurs, owners, experts 
in industry, in particularly in e-commerce. So they give you all these access and the op- opportunities and to learn. So it was actually a funny story because there was another job that had approached me earlier, a different company, not founder. And um, they kind of went through the process of like, you know, poaching me, do you want this role? And I was really on the, on the like, I guess on the cusp of, of accepting it. And I thought to myself, like, it just isn't right. And I'm like, if I'm going to move and make this big move, I want it to be for the right thing. Because I actually really loved working with my team. Um, and even though you had left Tash, I still I still really love working with the people I got to work with every day. So Yeah, and you're proud of it. But I found it really interesting when you told me about this job, not the one that you're at now, it's like it's something that you should have been excited about. But for whatever reason, whenever you jump on the call, you just weren't excited and you were almost like, You'd be like, oh, yeah, this is really good, but then I'm going to have to drive. And I was like, okay. And, like, I didn't say anything because, you know, I never want to be that person to guide mm. you in something, you know, this is your decision to make. Um, there were no red flags for the business at all. Um, but I could just tell in your voice you were just very, like, you were finding problems with it. It's almost like when you go dating and you're like, oh, well, nah, they've got really mm. bad knees. Like, you don't look at it. You just pick yeah. up like, the most obvious thing. But it's like, not really that into it are you i will say they did have one red red flag what was a red flag the red flag was they asked me about the podcast and they said to me ah that was right that was at the end you're right yeah so it was like i was really close to potentially accepting it and there was one thing that happened that made me feel uneasy and like these for context lovely people we ended on really good terms like when when i walked away i was like look if there's anyone else if you ever need anything please reach out like i'm happy to help like for free yeah. um, because they, they're good people and they deserve to find someone good who's like super dedicated to the role to kill it and to turn it into something amazing. So there's that. But they did ask me this one question about the podcast and they said, well, you know, how are you going to do this full-time job and do the podcast at the same time? And I was really taken aback by that because for me, like this podcast, like I spend so much of my life on it, but it's such a positive thing. And if Absolutely. I was hiring someone – I would never look at their extracurricular outside of work activities and be like, oh, they have a life, I'm not going to hire them or that could be a negative thing. I just don't see how someone who shows up every single week to Mm -hmm. air an episode and has been doing it consistently for a year, two years, three years, how how they could see that as a negative. Especially marketing, like you went for a marketing role and you're talking about marketing. Exactly. And I got got approached for this role. So this isn't something that, you know, I'm not – if you look at my Instagram, it's like I post about three things, my husband, the whibs and my holidays. So (laughs) there's that. So it's like it's not a secret at all. Um, And I think that, yeah, it was really – I was really surprised by that. But then fast forward a little bit, like a little while later on, and what had actually happened was I made the decision to leave the gifting company I left and my big plan was to go and work with and help out with my husband and with my dad's businesses. So a little, let's do a little shout out just quickly. So um, Penny's lovely husband has a mortgage broking yes. business that he started on his own. He made the shift a year ago now. A year but ago, yeah. I remember I remember finding out we were still working at the gifting company and I remember we were sitting there and you just like screamed at your desk. And you're like, <gasps> what? And I'm like, what happened? You were like, he, he did it. Yeah, he he did it, and I was like, "Oh my god, what?" And it was so exciting. So I think I can't if we had our Christmas party that night, but we had something else that night. And we saw him, and he just, oh my gosh, he just radiated so much happiness. And he just, and even just recently, um, we had Charlotte, our editor's um, wedding, which you'll see the beautiful photo of her on our Instagram. Yeah. Um, but just hearing him speak about the business, it's so exciting. So a little shout out to yeah. Mr. Mac Mortgages himself. There we go. No, he's, he's doing a great job. But the whole plan was like I was going to go help and you know, sprinkle my marketing expertise over there. Of course. And, um, and then also – and then I'm like, look, use that as a stepping stone, like stay there for a little while but then figure out what was next. And mm-hmm. then this role came up 
and I saw it and I'd obviously met the the founder earlier and I really thought to myself like I, I would be great at this role and it's not a marketing role. That's and the fun part. It is. It's such a fun part. And then this is like a cool thing. So basically the concept of what we're doing here today is interviewing Tash and I a year on from what we did as a, you know, as leaders in business and, you know, everything. And a year on, if you told me that I would be working a com- like effectively a completely different industry, I would be like, what do you mean? What are you talking You've about? You've from e-commerce to tech, but the tech that you're working with is surrounded around, is like circled around e-commerce. Yes. It's, it's incredible. It's like you've kind of not full circled, but it's so interesting how you're still within your industry. Mm. So talk about your role. So what's the actual title? Okay. So the title is Talent Relations Lead um, or Head of Talent. You can use them interchangeably. I don't mind. But it's not talent in the sense of recruiting someone for a workplace. What it actually is, is looking for talent for their magazine, for their podcast, for people to be instructors within the business. Mind you, and I'm not putting down like any anyone, but like these kind of people that they're getting is like Richard Branson. Like yeah. I'm talking like when they when, when when Penny you were talking about like oh yeah we get people on the podcast um or on the magazine or throughout the the founder network. You can Google founder. It's founder without an e. Um, you will see the caliber of people. Mm. Like this business goes and seeks like the top of the top. Like huge, huge, huge names. Yeah. Um. It's, it's incredible. It's incredible. And the fact that you quite literally your job is to find them and chat to them is just – that's like a dream. Yeah, it really is a dream. It's actually a dream. It was a really cool job. And I remember talking about it um, during one of my interviews and it was like, this is a cool job, Penny. Like you're going to love this. And I do. And every day I woke up to work and like I know, you know it's right when you wake up in the morning and you it's a Monday and you don't have any, you know, any anxiety about going into work you feel good and you know what there's a shitload of work to do and it's a it's a lot faster pace than what I was initially thinking but it's great and I love it and that's how I feel every day when I wake up I feel good about what I'm doing I feel like I've got a purpose and it's exciting for me because I'm learning something new and I'm using my brain in Mm. a different way but the second thing of what I do with them is also e-commerce coaching so separate to my role and this is kind of like an after hours like offshoot of what I do I do e-commerce coaching with business owners from around the world and essentially help them and coach them through building up their business through different stages some of them are at product ideation and and development other people have already really well established have their product and they need to be able to scale and grow their business and I just feel like I get to do the best of both worlds now that's my job that's my life so um, absolutely you get to kind of tap into what people are doing, what's working, what's not, but then mm. also get to speak to the, the best of the best. You get like your job is to find out and question and be around those interviews of all the hard questions of these huge names. But then at the same time, be able to speak to these passionate, in- incredibly passionate business owners. Um, I know because naturally Penny and I found a way to work together again. Yes, yeah, um, <laughs> we found our We found our way around because I do e-commerce coaching through um, Founder as well. I know I have a few beautiful students who listen in, so thank you and hello. Hi, guys. Um, hi, guys. Um, but to your point, I think the best part about a business like Founder is regardless of who you're talking with in your day, um, instead of talking to, I guess, stakeholders and people are part of the business or yes you'd still speak to management yes you'd still have employees and and all of that but a lot of your day is built up with just getting to meet these incredible minds but then also getting to help coach these incredible minds because I'm sure you can agree the students that you meet through founder are are just a different type of person they're incredible they just come with so much energy and so much ambition like 
I've explained it before is when you when I get up a call, it's like sculling a cup of coffee because they're just so different yeah. to anything I've come across. They really are. In the they're best really, way. They're really energetic and they really want their business to work. And I think that, I think, you know, the idea is that all entrepreneurs want their business to work right. But these people have gone out and they've dedicated themselves. They've tried to upskill themselves mm-hmm. through one-on-one coaching. They're also committing to doing all this coursework mm. and some of them are still running full-time jobs while trying to get a business off the ground. Those are the kind of people I want to surround myself yeah, with. absolutely. And on the other side of things, you know, I get to work with these and listen to these incredible people. Like we met like so many interesting people. We ran a summit recently. That was like my first thing that I did as part of the business. Yeah, so here it is. So Penny's first week of her new job, she runs this full-on huge AI's AI summit. Like, yeah. are you for real? It was intense. Like, it was really intense. It was so good. And I literally got to sit there and listen to all these incredible conversations with some of the smartest, like, innovative thinking thinkers the world over. And I'm like, this is my job. I get to mm. do it every day. And I was like, I remember I was calling you because naturally I was calling you because who else do I speak to? <laughs> but I was speaking to you about all these things. I'm like, I learned this today. I learned that. I'm like, do you know how nice it feels to be in a role where every day I'm learning something new? And I think that that like going back to what you asked me about before is like how do you know you're ready to leave Mm. I I felt like I'd kind of clocked it where I was and now I feel like every day I'm excited because I'm learning something new and that to me feels really good it feels like it's the right move in the right direction yeah I think that's really nice I think that's a really good um it's a really nice message as well for anyone listening that if you I know we, we can both relate to how that feels like to what you just said then Penny, about when you're feeling like you're in a role and you know you've reached your limit and but you still love everyone around you. You still mm. love them. You still love the product. You put a lot of effort into where you are. And it's kind of you're at that crossroads where it's like, okay, I can rather just keep going, keep going through the motions or I can back myself. And what you did was you were like, all right, I'm just going to back myself. I'm going to yeah. I'm gonna quit, see what happens. And if something happens, happens. And it's it is that saying when you close one door, the other one opens. It's exactly what happened to you. Exactly what happened to me. And so I think that, I mean, if we wanted to kind of tie everything up in a neat little bow for the end of my my little interview session, which I really loved, uh, I think it would be to say exactly that. Like, don't be afraid to kind of take that step and back yourself if you are wanting to do something new in your life. It's never mm. too late to start. I had every reason to say to myself it was too late for me to do something new or it was too late for me to you know change your career path I've got a mortgage you know we want to have a family one day like I could have put so many roadblocks in, in mm. front of myself to say don't do something you just hold and sit tight where you are but I did it and I'm I'm a better version of myself for it so yeah, yeah. and look I think you, you might have you might have answered already but I don't care you got to think of a new one so what we usually ask our beautiful guests is what is one lesson or one um, piece of advice you would tell yourself fresh out of uni but I kind of want to move it around a little bit because I think what's really special is to reflect on where you were a year ago. Yeah. So it's what would be the biggest piece of advice you would tell Penny day one of the WIBS um, about, you know, what, what would be the biggest piece of advice you'd give her? Mm. Okay. The biggest advice, piece of advice I would give myself a year ago would be please be organised. <laughs> <laughs> please try and book, like use your calendar properly. Girl, yeah. please. Yeah. No, there's that. But I, I also would say is like, don't be so concerned and so wrapped up about what other people think in this situation. Because you know what is like a really scary feeling is putting yourself out there online mm. and posting yourself on social media and making a dick of yourself. And you know, I do that every day, all day. And I'm so putting fine. myself out there all the time. And like you have to kind of, I think we've spoken about this on one of our posts before and maybe in our podcast too, the idea of getting through moving up and up to Cringe Mountain and be like, people are going to have something to say. Mm-hmm. 
And I actually saw this um, this thing I was going to say this documentary, but let's let's be real, it was a TikTok. So let's just go there. It's fine. <laughs> I have no idea. And I was like, yeah, it's, make it sound it's, it's it's my news source, <laughs> yeah. which is yeah. concerning. But anyway, I saw this TikTok today, and they're like, if you're shining so bright that other people want to talk shit about you, that's actually a good thing. That's a sign that you're doing a good job and you're moving forward in that direction. And not that anything dramatic has happened, but I think I really go in my head at the start of the podcast. And even up until now, it's like a challenge to be like, okay, I'm going to share more about myself. Because naturally I'm like, I'd love to be like the curated, mysterious kind <laughs> yeah. of lady. But it's hard yeah, to do that when you've got a podcast where you talk shit every week. Yeah? Absolutely, absolutely. So, yeah, I think it's like that piece of advice would be don't worry so much about what other people think it really doesn't matter just go and do what makes you happy so cliche but it's it's true I I love it I think a lot of the piece of advice are are cliche but until you've experienced something and and experienced life you don't realize that these cliches are actually they're actually like born from something so I completely get it well Thank you, Penny, so much for being our guest. Thank you so much for interviewing me. (laughs) How lovely. lovely. How did you feel to be on the other side? I feel like it's it's harder than it looks and I I have some more um, empathy now for the guests. But I think it's good. I liked it. I really enjoyed it. How did you feel interviewing me? It's just me asking you questions. Yeah. I usually ask you questions like four hundred times a day. Yeah, <laughs> anyway, in an interview so. setting with headphones <laughs> and a mic. Yeah, this yeah. is our life now, guys. Well, don't worry, guys. We'll be back next week when I do the exact same thing with our gal Natasha here, and I will be interviewing you, Miss, on your journey, on where you've been, and what you've been up to in the last year since starting the WIB. So we Mm. will see you or you will hear us next week. Thank you so much for listening. Please rate and subscribe and we shall see you next week. Bye. Bye.